I'm going to get a little political and a little petty in this one. And I'm also going to be sharing a word with the global church. So y'all hear me out for a few minutes and buckle up. The first few minutes of this episode are going to be for the people who have either ended friendships or have canceled others or have ruined reputations of those who would not and did not vote for Biden. This episode is going to be for the people and the influencers turned activists who made a mission out of social justice and human rights just 10 months ago during the election season, yet have all of a sudden chosen to self-censor and remain silent on the current state of affairs of our world. This is going to be for the people who for months had beaten others on the head with their moral authority and screamed to vote for empathy, yet have chosen now not to acknowledge the acts of apathy and terror that have come across an entire nation. In this episode, I'm going to address the current crisis happening over in Afghanistan, which I believe has expeditiously ushered in a frightening new era of terroristic ideology that will take firmer root and span across the nations. I'm angry and deeply disturbed by the responses I have seen from my own nation from the United States and its current sitting leaders. As many of us already know, Biden went missing for up to 12 days while this crisis unfolded. He spent 20 minutes of those 12 days slurring his way through a teleprompted speech and walked away without answering any questions. He also recently did an interview with ABC News' George Stephanopoulos in which he displayed behaviors in speech that continue to assure us all that he makes no sense and is just not all the way there anymore. Not only did he not make any sense during that interview, he also lied and he has continued to deliver a false depiction of what is actually happening in Afghanistan. Now, this is a time where I really applaud social media for bringing awareness and information and real life pictures of what is occurring overseas, because if it wasn't for that, we would be taking the president at his word. I first want to address the deafening silence that has come out of Congress, out of the White House, and out of many people who have made it their life mission just 10 months ago for the world to vote for Biden. Now, weren't we just chanting last summer, silence is compliant, to those who chose not to partake in sharing their opinions on the civil rights matters of the BLM movement? So I'm going to be so bold right now and say that that same principle applies to this situation. So Biden voters, your silence is compliance in regard to the chaotic acts that our president, who is displaying senile behaviors, has approved of not just this week, but in recent months. Your silence is compliance in letting the terroristic ideology of the most unlawful group known to our world take over an entire nation. Your silence is compliance when you choose to continue to post about your cappuccinos or your vacations or your discount codes when just 10 months ago you were all posting about human rights and empathy and compassion when apparently we all know now it was just performative and trendy and meant it could grow your follower account. And just for consistency's sake, 
I was this critical about Trump and his administration. If you knew me between the years of 2016 to 2019, I was this vocal about the actions of Trump as well. And I can't help but imagine that had these actions been done under Trump, there would be massive outcry all over the world right now to impeach him. The actions this week alone would have for sure had Trump impeached. There would be threats coming against the pro-life people, against Christians, against his voters had this had happened under the Trump administration without a freaking doubt. What we are seeing right now is textbook hypocrisy from Biden and his supporters and administration. And I want to hold these people accountable and say that one, I get that it's unfair to expect a response 24-7 to every world crisis. But I want to emphasize that this one we're in right now is pretty significant because it has the potential to cause a war. So for those who shared idiotic memes in November 2020 that if we voted for anyone but Biden, we needed to rethink our life and you all told us to F off and now the majority of you all have chosen silence and self-censoring, no. You don't get to sit this one out. I believe you all are slightly obligated to recognize that this plan to withdraw troops was disorderly and dishonorably carried out by Biden and his officials, and they messed up pretty bad. And I believe you all are slightly obligated to acknowledge this failure under his power and his authority and admit it, and then work with those who are fighting to fix it. I want to add that I personally do not believe Biden hates America or that he hates the military or that he hates other countries or their civilians. I don't think Biden intended this plan to withdraw troops to cause so much disarray in a matter of hours. I don't think he intended a terroristic group to take power or that they be recognized as a legitimate government by other world leaders or that it would cause bloodshed and a massive human rights crisis. I don't believe he is sociopathic in any of that capacity, but I do believe he is being puppeteered by his aides who do want to push an agenda that is all about power and control and is not for the American people. There is so much evidence and there are so many examples out there that have proven so. I believe he is compromised in his health and mind. And I believe that his vulnerabilities are being exploited and taken advantage of to make rash, harmful, and destructive decisions all in the name of power. His state of well-being was actually one of my main deciding factors of why I personally did not vote for him. He has continued to display behaviors in his less than one year of presidency that his mind is doddering. And I want to ask those that still voted for him because you claimed you wanted normalcy and competency. What in the world were y'all thinking? What in this past year and in this past week alone has been normal and competent? I'm actually appalled going off the record here that nurses I used to work with voted for him when I have seen them have tantrums getting a doctor order to have a babysitter for an elderly patient that was displaying the beginning stages of forgetful behavior. Make it make sense, y'all. Make it make sense. I do want to quickly address the claim that those who voted for Biden were voting for Kamala Harris, and I want to point out... Um, where has she been? I mean, she wasn't there when there was a crisis happening at the border. 
She has not been here alongside Biden or his officials at all. I have rarely seen her address anything. She's been MIA. So to have voted for Biden because you were voting for Kamala is also inexcusable as well. Now, I do think it is unfair to blame just one president and his administration when this issue has spanned over the course of three presidential administrations, Bush, Obama, and Trump. Each of them are all to blame to some regard, but we have to acknowledge that our current sitting president is Biden, and there is going to be a weight of consequence to the actions that he has approved of so far in his administration, because Bush is long gone and retired. Obama is out living his best life partying with 500 unmasked people. Trump is out of office golfing. Biden is the one that is representing our nation, and I just don't believe him when he says that he was not warned about what would happen if he withdrew troops too quickly. Now, it has already come out that he was warned by top military officials, and he greenlighted it anyway. But the way he pulled American presence out of Afghanistan was dishonorable. It was messy, it was unavoidable, and it caused unnecessary chaos. There were many options to do it in a cautiously conscious way, such as, I don't know, taking civilians out first, or making sure not to leave American weapons in the hands of terrorists, or not doing anything too sudden as to not cause so much chaos. Y'all, we are the strongest nation in the world. We have the strongest most well-equipped personnel who could have pulled this plan off in a more effective way. And I'm so upset, along with so many others, by how this plan was all executed. It was pure abandonment. This past week, I've seen the numerous pictures and videos and content, and I've read the stories that have been coming out of Afghanistan since this crisis unfolded and it's been distressing and i want to warn those that if you choose to look at the information that's being shown out of the afghanistan crisis be cautious because it is graphic content i've personally have had to censor some accounts because some of the stuff was too graphic for me to watch and it made me sick to my stomach it's that distressing because what's happening so far is just the unprecedented action that is happening um, in response to the chaos that that none of us were prepared for. A few days ago, there was a a story that is pretty widespread now that a pilot had to put 800 evacuees on a 150 passenger military cargo plane to save them. And a lot of Afghanistanians were flying on the side of that plane in an ignorant, unknowledgeable manner, and a few of them fell to their death while the plane was in flight. There are now stories coming out that Taliban fighters are hunting women, Christians, and any civilians who are learned to have helped Western personnel. Um, They're being hunted down by Taliban fighters and most likely being sentenced to death. Taliban fighters were heard chanting death to America. They've also killed a woman on the streets for not complying with Taliban law because she was refusing to wear a burqa. Women and girls as young as nine years old, from what I've read so far, 
are being forced to marry Taliban fighters and their fathers and brothers can't protect them. In one story I've read, a father gave his daughter a gun and said, do what you have to do, meaning that when the Taliban came, it was either fight to the death or die by, by suicide because going to the Taliban was no option for them. Parents are giving their babies to American soldiers over barbed wire fences in hopes that these soldiers would take them to be saved from the Taliban rule. Women and children are at most risk and their lives are being gambled because the Taliban law is oppressive and restrictive. The Taliban are also reported to be hunting down Christians as well. There are stories that many have fled to the mountains for shelter and I know of a Christian missionary who is known for his work in the underground church in the Muslim world who has decided to stay behind and help those who can't flee from that country and they are actively working rescue missions to get those people to safe territory. And these are just a few of the many stories that we'll continue to hear over the coming days and months. Few American leaders have been bold enough to stand up and admit wrongdoing, and I applaud them for doing so because we live in a climate where censorship and progressive ideology is just rotting our morality to the point that many are turning a blind eye to the chaos and the wickedness that is uprising and happening around us. It seems to me that many only care when it's convenient and trendy for them. I mean, we have big tech that is refusing to censor the Taliban, who in recent interviews even mocked Facebook for their censorship practices, which we all know by now is largely against those who do not align with left-wing ideas. Hypocrisy is running rampant, and I'm infuriated by it all. And I've been in prayer the past few days, trying to understand the scope of what is happening in our world, because I feel so limited in my ability to act and to help, especially as a social worker. Yet at the same time, I feel such a sense of urgency to pay attention and to stay informed and to raise the alarm that America is headed into a concerning direction. And it's not just me. There's nothing conspiracy about that. There are many leaders that have come forward and admitted that there is something rotten with the way America is being led and represented, and it's worrisome. I mean, confusion and fear has made many compromise the basic fundamentals of freedom. And I pray that in our time, in our generation, we will have leaders who will stand up and stand against the grain of it and not succumb to the terror of it all. It's why I'm so passionate about my faith, because of all the examples I see of religious or political morality or superiority in the world, I have yet to see or hear of another God who has died on the cross for us to have abundant life and freedom. I have yet to hear of another religion that is passionate about righteous, holy justice. And that's probably super controversial to say, but I think I've been exposed to enough diversity to be able to make that conclusion. I have yet to hear of another religion where people sacrifice their self to protect the goodness of the world. And I have equally been so challenged by my faith these past few days as I hear of heroes and bold ones go forth 
face to face with death and danger to try to protect their people and their land from the most oppressive law known to our world. And I was in prayer last night and I was reading the book of Habakkuk. And if you don't know the story, I'll quickly summarize it. Habakkuk was deeply grieved and troubled by the evil that seemed to have an upper hand in the world. And he was so disturbed by this that he brought his worries and his rightful complaints to God and just asked him, why are you letting these evils take place against your people? Where is justice? Where is your power? Where are you in all of this chaos? And God replied and said, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. And God then goes on in the next chapter to paint this vision of justice for Habakkuk and how he was going to deal with every woeful sin and wrongdoing of this world in a totally just, merciful, and triumphant way. And he reminded Habakkuk that where darkness rises, his glory would rise higher. And I have it on good authority that God has been, is, and will continue to be sovereign over every crisis in our world. And my faith and hope are resting on that today. So I have a quick word for the church. I urge you, church, the global church, that now is not the time to sit back in your pews and watch the world unfold before you without you taking action. I pray that going forward, I don't go to another church service where people remain asleep and unbothered. The world is rife with apathetic rhetoric and attitudes and superficial speeches and sermons. And now is our opportunity to push forward in stubborn prayer and worship and intercede and advocate and stand up and break ourselves open for the things of heaven. Habakkuk didn't sit there after God replied and showed him this vision of how he was going to vindicate and bring justice for his people. No, he humbled himself. And that's the key word, humbled himself before the Lord and assured himself that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. So he pushed forward with a radical hope and vocal faith in who God said he was. And I pray that we, the American, the Western church, get a lesson from that in this time. That we may persevere in seeking out and crying out for justice, in loving and acting out on mercy, in walking out humbly our convictions with our God in these tumultuous times. May our faith be challenged by the stories coming out of the underground church, as well as all across the world where basic freedom and life is being threatened on a day-to-day -day basis. May it stir up deep wells in us that need to be encountered by the God of miracles. May it motivate us to increase our faith outside of four walls, to go out into the mountains of influence and embolden us to stand up and fight for our values. We can do it being tenderhearted and being authoritative because I do think the enemy has done a great job at telling us that we can't be both. So in this time, 
I encourage all of us to pray. Pray and humble yourselves. Pray for the civilians and the troops who are working dangerous rescue missions. Let's pray together that God miraculously shelter and protect them and rescue them and bring them into safe territory. Let's pray together for our world leaders that they will have hearts aligned with the God who is compassionate for people and that they will act on that with wisdom and discernment and righteousness in them. Let's pray for President Biden and his administration that they too will humble themselves before the Lord and work diligently and collectively to rescue people. Let's pray together for our nation, that we will be a nation that continues to represent the principles of freedom in a righteous and just manner. And let's pray for the Dallas and Fort Worth area where it's reported that we will be receiving over 300 Afghan refugees that our communities will be well-equipped and prepared to help these evacuees rebuild their life here. And let's pray for the women who are at risk right now, that God will be their shield and their armor, and that they will rise up with a warrior-like strength in them to fight back. And let's pray for the parents and the children who are being separated, that God will be near and comforting to their broken and anxious hearts and that right now he is perfecting a plan to reunite these families. Let's pray for those who fled to the mountains for safety, that God would meet them in the mountains and that his presence would bring them refuge and rest wherever they may be. And let's pray for those who are expecting to meet Jesus because of the work they are doing on the front lines of this crisis, that they would remain confident and courageous in their mission until they hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I'll be sharing the resources and the accounts that I've been receiving news and updates from. These are vetted. They're not going to have any graphic content on them. These are influencers and platforms that have faithful integrity in the work that they do and are doing right now in response to this crisis. Even if you can't donate or participate, I do encourage you to stay informed as this remains a momentous time in our world history.